0: On today's episode, I spoke with Scott Sanchez about storytelling as a marketer in 2023. Scott is an accomplished chief marketing officer and product marketing leader with over 20 years of experience in creating strong messaging for companies. So let's dive right into this one. Would love to just hear about your background and kind of what's brought you to this point. And then the second part of that would be what you really focus on now.
1: Yeah, thanks. So I'm I'm very much a unintentional chief marketing officer, Um, not unconventional, but unintentional. I I started my career as a software developer and just learned over the years that I I much preferred helping tell the stories of the software and of the tech than than actually building it. Uh, And so I've spent the last two decades or so, I don't want to date myself too much, but uh, the better part of two decades uh, in and out of of different sized um, B2B SaaS companies, lots of enterprise tech. Um, Most recently, I was chief marketing officer at a um, startup in the DevOps tool space. And now, these days, I am helping uh, companies big and small with their storytelling and with their product marketing through a service called pmmteam.com.
0: I'd love to obviously dive deep into storytelling today. But before that, given your background as a developer turned uh, CMO, how do you feel like the skills of a software developer have helped in certain ways as a CMO that maybe the typical marketer doesn't get?
1: Yeah, I guess the, the first thing for me is like coming up, marketing was where the truth went to die. And, and it was really important to me that before I allowed myself to be called a marketer, that I figured out how to, to not, you know, continue that, that perception. And so product marketing became the way that I I worked around that. I didn't want to be uh, the Don Draper of the world where you were just selling a, a you know, a, a bunch of nonsense, but I, I wanted to figure out how to bring the truth through what we were doing and becoming better at product marketing, becoming better at storytelling really was the key to unlock that for me. and. and when that happened, finally, I was like, okay, fine. You can call me the, the marketing guy. Um, even, I was already running marketing teams, but I was like, call me anything else. Call me the janitor, call me the head of strategy, call me anything but the marketer. And, and once I figured out that product marketing was the secret weapon um, and not just product marketing, but, but sort of crisp, um, honest product marketing that, that got to the root of the outcomes that you were trying to achieve and not just putting some branding spin on some new feature, um, you know, really talking about what problems you're solving. That's when, for me, marketing became less of where the truth went to die and more of an opportunity to build great teams that, that helped tell those stories.
0: How do you feel like since you got started in product marketing versus now, that that has evolved
1: as, as a role? Sadly, I feel like we're headed in the wrong direction a lot of times, um, you know, when, when the economy is good and venture capital is, is plentiful and affordable, I think that companies, especially growth stage companies lean more into developing their brand and telling their story and the, and the harder things get, frankly, in, in, in the economy and, and in selling software, um, the less that matters because, and I'm not saying that's the way to do it, but I'm saying for, for a lot of companies the, that gets squeezed because we need to focus on demand generation. We need to focus on things that'll, that'll impact our quarter right now. And the reality is that like effective product marketing, effective narrative creation and storytelling is, is modern branding. It is how people think about you and that takes time. That's a, you know, you want shade in your backyard. The best time to plant that tree was a couple of years ago. Well, you know, the second best time is right now. And I think the, the, the divide between we're going to invest in product marketing and, and building our brand through strategic narrative. Is on one side of the continuum, and on the other side are Google ads, which pay off tomorrow maybe yeah right and, and so it, it right now, I think what I'm seeing with a lot of companies is, is that they prefer the things that pay off right now, even though they understand that it it is going to impact them down the road. But you know if you're an earlier stage startup, there might be no down the road if you don't solve right now and, and I think the conversations I have is like. There is a there's an opportunity to do both. It's not an all or nothing type of thing, but you have to decide it's important. You have to decide you want your brand to be known for something and and work towards that over time. You had mentioned earlier how it, it's
0: kind of like marketing can often go off into making fantastical claims, focusing really heavily on um, features and not necessarily outcomes. How do you balance that with, with storytelling where some people might look at storytelling as, as also kind of superfluous or it's, you know, you're trying to add more flowery language or adding more to, to a a product than maybe is actually there. Why is that not true? And and how do you approach storytelling from that perspective?
1: Look, I mean, put simply storytelling should help answer the question of, of like, what do you want people to think you're the best in the world at, right? And so so if you can plant the flag and say, this is what I want people to think I'm the best in the world at, then you can put both a plan and a narrative together that over the course of weeks, months, years gets you there. Like that's, that's what we're talking about at the most simple level. Um, it, it's not about coming up with a bunch of nonsense. It's about like, Let's decide what's our North star. What do we really want people to think about us? Um, Otherwise, what you end up with is sort of a collection of Legos. And then you're like, well, what do we want to build with it? Right? We have all these features. Well, let's go figure out how we wrap up these features into some nonsense. Right? And and that's where the story becomes less believable and, and less authentic. But if you can do it the other way, and you can say as a company... As a product team, as a business unit, whatever function you're in, like, what do we want people to think we're we're the best in the world at? And then let's invest marketing, product, sales, partnerships, everybody together so that at some point in the future, you know, I, I like 18 months from now, like 18 months from now, where do we want to be? And let's all do the things, all the teams, not just marketing. Let's all do the things that get us there. Yeah, I
0: think the packaging of of storytelling for like a, for a marketer that isn't inherently great at this or hasn't put this into action for a company, at, but but wants to, storytelling might sound a little sound a little bit nebulous to that person. Where like, how do I actually implement that? You could you could think through like, should when you say storytelling, does that mean I need to have one massive story to tell across everything that's just always the same, hammered home a million times, or is it a million different stories? in different places of my website, in different parts of my content, how do you think through how to actually put that into a strategy
1: and, and make it a tactic? Yeah, I mean, I, I think what we, what we just talked about with, with that question of what do you want people to think you're the best in the world at? Like, if you can get aligned on a crisp answer to that, an internal answer, not an external answer, like, then everything else should flow back from that. Right, there shouldn't be. I shouldn't read five blog posts and two product pages on your website, and come away on every one of them with a different key message or a different. Like that is a that's a sort of a major problem in marketing today. Is that you have all these different people and teams that write content, create content, and you know, no one really knows what you stand for or what you're about because there's not that coordination. And so, at at its most again, at its most simple level. That is the basis of how you start to put your story together is, is a on what we want people to think about us and work backwards. And that's why it, it's, we don't call it branding, but it's essentially what we're talking about, right? Like people think of brand, they think of your logo and, and, and you know, that side of things, but for modern, especially SaaS companies, Like the the way you express your brand is through all your product marketing. It is through all your content. It is through all the touch points that you have with your customers and your community and everything else. And so it, it is really, really important that you align on like, what is our strategic narrative? Is everybody on the same page? Is every piece of content we put out? Is every time we get on stage, like for some period of time, and then at some point it won't be it won't be your North Star anymore and you push further ahead and, and replant that flag and sort of start that process over.
0: What's a company that you think is excellent at storytelling inherently? It could be one you've worked with or not, but just from your, mm. from your perspective.
1: That's a great question. Um, I think that at times, and, and you know, I, I worked at AWS a, a few years back at times, AWS has been has been very good at this, um, at, at sort of the the ten thousand foot view, right? Like like the the key messages of we want to be your innovation engine, we want to remove the undifferentiated heavy lifting, right? Like they they've been hammering on those same messages for over a decade, and when people associate Amazon Web Services with With an outcome, that's I mean that is what they think of, right? Now, when you zoom in, there's 300 services now or something in their in their portfolio, and each one of them sometimes almost sounds like it's either at odds with another service or it's the same thing as another service. So, like at the service level, it's hard when you, especially when you have that big of a portfolio. But I think at at a company level, they've done a fantastic job of positioning themselves in a in a very specific way. Um, Another example that I Uh, you know, Apple is just spectacular at, at marketing. Um, but the, the example of when they launched, uh, FaceTime, right. And, And this was just a great sort of implementation of telling a story and not talking about the features. When they launched FaceTime, they could have done what a lot of other companies do, which is saying like, Oh, we have this amazing camera and 30 frames per second HD video. And you'll be able to feel like you're there at No, they showed a parent in a hotel room coming in from traveling all day, throwing their suitcase on on the bed and um, flipped open their phone and hit a button. And now they were they were there live with their kid at home saying, hey, how was your day at school? Right. And like they used that narrative of like this bridges that gap of of human connection. Like that was the story they were trying to tell, but they didn't tell it through speeds and feeds and what features it had. They, they sold it through the outcome they wanted people to remember. And that became the story for FaceTime for, for years, really. The flip side of that, you don't have to call out any brands that are doing this really poorly. That
0: might also be hard to, to think of. But if you're looking at the things that people commonly do with storytelling that aren't great, what are some of those things where you're like, I know that they're trying, but it's just not working?
1: The, the biggest thing, that, and I see this every single, every, every new customer that, that comes to me at, at PMM team has some version of this going on, which is almost everything they talk about is a feature. And, and it's not, it is not clear what problem they want to be associated with. Right? Like when a customer thinks of you, they should think that you solve a problem better than anyone else in the world. What is that? And it's not like that. It's like, well, here's the five things we do. Here's the 10 features we have. Here's what we're the fastest at or the best at. And, and there's a place for all of that, for sure. But you have to first position yourselves as we we solve X, right? And, and that is, that's just like product marketing 101 is if the first thing you put in front of a customer is your feature, then you're only ever going to be compared feature to feature against something else, right? And, and so that's that's the biggest, and it's not pure storytelling, but it is the cleanest indication that you haven't figured out your story. You haven't figured out your strategic narrative if the first thing you're putting in front of someone on your website is is the specific feature.
0: If if we're using a website for for this example, what would an ideal way to display this information kind of in order look like? So on the homepage, I'm guessing you're probably suggesting let's lean more into what this problem is and how it can be solved. What does that part look like? And then how do you actually get to the more specific feature-focused things
1: that people eventually need to learn about as well? So I find that it's a, it's a good question because it's trying to make it real for people that are, that are listening. And it's really hard in, for technology companies to, to give an example here. So I'll pick an industry that's completely unrelated that I have no experience working in. Uh, which is uh, like automotive, right? And so if you were thinking about this in, in automotive terms, if you were selling a, a truck, like a big pickup truck, you probably wouldn't on the front, you know, when you land on the page, it probably wouldn't say like, you know, what, how many inches of displacement the engine has like. Maybe someone will take that approach, but what it's probably going to say is like, you can tow a 42 foot boat with this thing, right? Or it's going to show a picture of uh, hauling something, you know, really, uh, really heavy looking. Like you've seen pictures of trucks pulling a, a jet plane on commercials. Like th- that's what they're trying to get you to, to think of like the capa- the towing capacity of this thing, right? Like the capabilities of this thing. And that's the outcome people are looking for. If they have a small truck and they want to get a bigger boat, they need a bigger truck, right? And so that's the first problem they want to make sure you solve. That's what they want to be associated with. And then as you get down the page, you're going to get down to more of the specifics, right? It's, you're going to want to know, like, does this thing have an automatic transmission? Does this thing have, oh, it has 575 horsepower. Like, unless you're a real car person, that doesn't mean anything to you. That sounds good, but do I need a thousand? I don't know. All I know is I I can tow this 42 foot boat. And so, and just for the record, I don't have a truck or a boat, but I'm just trying to illustrate like, talk about what it does for you first, and then you've earned the right, they'll keep scrolling, right? You've earned the right to get them past the fold. You've earned the right to get them to the features. You've earned the right to ask them to set up a call to get a test drive, right? Um, A lot of times I just see, the very first thing above the fold is feature feature, request a demo. And it's like, of what, what do you do for me? Right. And so that, I think that example is just a pretty simple way to, to think about it. It's like, what do you do for me? And then how do you do it? And then how do I do it?
0: Yeah. I'd I love to talk, we we're, we're kind of live in this age of attribution now. Everybody wants to attribute everything everywhere. And, and when you get to things like storytelling, um, messaging, content, like all these things you can kind of treat, they're kind of ethereal a little bit um, compared to something like paid ads or things like that. How do you think about measuring the actual impact of storytelling?
1: Look, there's a reason I'm a I'm a product marketing consultant and, and coach and not a demand gen coach. Um, I. I, I enjoy the science of demand gen, but I prefer the art of product marketing. And so I'm sure you could have a hundred other people on that would, that would be happy to talk about attribution. It's the one thing that I, I don't enjoy talking about. So, you know, it is a back to the the comment we made earlier about when times get tighter, when budgets get leaner. Brand and product marketing are often some of the first things that get trimmed because they're not easy to to bring attribution to. Um, you know things like community and and developer relations and um, even content programs, right? Like they're they're easier to trim because they're they're less attributable. And I think the way around this, if you will, is for CMOS to get the rest of the executive team and the board on. On a, a model where there is a certain amount of long-term thinking, long-term investment, and there's a s- certain amount of shorter-term, you know, more attributable investment, right? And and pay-per-click and you know events to some extent. Right? There's a lot of things you do that you can derive cleaner attribution from, and maybe that is the majority of your marketing budget. And then there's a there's a section that is brand investments product marketing longer term things that they're harder to measure, but you know it when you see it. And I think if you're not doing that, um, then then you are going to run into problems where people say, well, why should we why should we keep funding that? Like how do we measure it? So you gotta you gotta come up with a model where people understand these are long term investments and they buy into the reason for doing them.
0: No, that that's refreshing because a lot of people want to try to
1: attribute everything. So I, I actually appreciate the 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 more realistic of French. (laughs) You can certainly try, but, but I would argue that what you should be attributing, like demand gen, you should be attributing, um, you know, the, the paid ads and, and all the, all the other digital marketing and, um, traditional engagement, but you know, it's harder to measure the effectiveness of a message than it is to measure the effectiveness of the implementation of the message. Right. And so, you know, you can look at things like, like how long are our sales cycles taking, you know, what, what's the average level of the person in an organization that we're going and talking to, like, are your messages resonating? You can look at it from a sales perspective, but unless you're really going to AB test that message out in paid ads or paid digital, it's really hard to, to measure like, was this message any better? So again, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, it when you see it and you know, it's, it's important long-term again, if you want to have shade in your backyard, at some point you got to plant the tree and you got to water it and you got to prune it. And if you don't, then just, you know, you're going to get a sunburn and that's fine.
0: Last question here, a quick one for you. If, if you were just mentoring a, an up and coming product marketer, you had began, you had started at the beginning by kind of saying, sometimes it feels like product marketing is moving in the wrong direction. What's one piece of advice that you would give an up-and-coming product marketer to help them go in the right direction?
1: Uh, I, I find historically, and this is, this is not an absolute, but it is easier to take someone that has been in a product management role and, and make them a great product marketer than it is to take a traditional marketer, like let's say someone that went to school for marketing or sort of came out of, uh, of tra- transactional marketing and make them a product marketer. And so if someone's never spent any time in a product organization and wants to be a great product marketer, I think that's a, that's a good place to start. And I don't mean like go take a Coursera course on product marketing, nothing against Coursera, but like, I, I mean like go do two months worth of time in product. And if you can't do that, spend as much time each week with your peers in product management as you can to try and really understand. Um, the same thing with sales. Like I think if you've spent time in sales or, or have actually had a quota or have had to figure out how to, how to literally take something to market, those skills, the, the intersection of product and sales is product marketing. Right. And so if you have no experience with any of those things, you're going to have a tough journey. Like I can teach you how to craft a strategic narrative. I can't teach you how to have empathy for the life of a product manager or the challenge of carrying a quota. And so if you've done either of those things or both of those things, like I have over the years, you know, your job just becomes infinitely more relatable to the people that you're there to, to help.